0: What's so, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to uh, another episode of the Live Free Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mike Maxwell. Uh, right out the gate, I want to apologize for not putting out any new episodes for, some, I think it's been like two months. Um, I've been doing a bunch of traveling this year, like right out the gate, starting in January, and I have a ton of commission work, so I've been focusing, and not only that, I've been doing a lot of commercial work, mostly with the, with the Death Squad comedians. I've been working with Joe Rogan quite a bit, doing some show posters for a couple of his big events. And I've been traveling with with him. Uh, I've done some stuff for The Naughty Show. I've done some stuff for Ari Shafir. I guess the Ari Shafir thing is kind of old. But I did some logo work for Duncan Trussell and some stuff for his new podcast, the Duncan Trussell Family Hour. So I've been working with a bunch of these guys doing some... Uh, some work with them, and haven't really had the time to focus on doing the podcast. I've I've been trying to keep at it, uh, it just, you know, working with artists, it's funny, I talked with my guest on this 75th episode, Mr. Blaine Fontana, about the difficulties in setting up artists' schedules to uh, fit one another. So I'm glad to be back at it, I'm actually, I recorded this yesterday, and I'm recording another one to uh, recording a new podcast today and then i'm recording another one um in the following two days so there'll be a bunch of new episodes coming up now and I'll, I'll i'll i'm gonna make a better effort to to keep up with this um it seemed like i hit this wall like i i had already talked to all my art friends and for some reason i just i didn't have much interest in talking to somebody i didn't know uh But i'm changing that because although i've known blaine's work for a really long time we have never met so this is actually the first time we've spoke but it seems kind of like we maybe already knew each other a little bit but just that's how it goes with artists i guess so yeah i've been doing a bunch of traveling i went to new york for the first time doing a little workation situation i i got this um job that's top secret that i can't talk about which is weird um but i got to go out there and i had a couple days um of free time where i didn't have to work and was able to explore uh Greenwich Village, um Little Italy and a, a few different i went up to Times Square and ran around a little bit but Times Square was gross. Um i really liked Greenwich Village and i guess i was in um i was in the Tribeca area which was really cool. I almost I almost got in trouble at the hotel I was staying at. I was smoking joints in the hotel room and uh I think somebody ratted on me from outside the hotel because there was an apartment sort of connected to it. But I had security come up and knock on my door about that the telling me that the whole hallway had smelled like weed. But when they knocked on the door, I looked, they were like under they were at the doorway like trying to sniff to see like which door it was, so it, it was weird. But I told him, you know, I'm from California, whatever, whatever. I got a medical card. Don't worry about it. No problem. And the thing was, I, I had had no problem smoking on the street. But goddamn, there's a lot of police in in New York. Every corner there's a, a like a bus, a, not a bus, but like a um, like a band van. You know, like that they travel in, like a big Econoline van full of cops on like every corner it's very strange but i really really love new york it seemed like that that stereotypical idea that uh new Yorkers have bad attitudes and shit and are mean and i didn't find any of that um i don't know maybe it's cuz i have a like my face is like permanently in frown mode so maybe people think i'm i'm the mean one but uh it seemed like everybody was super nice to me um i can't wait to go back there amazing city uh then i i also went to chicago chicago was super rad too had an amazing time out there the food was fucking fantastic and i've been to atlanta twice too and atlanta is one of my favorite new cities what i found really interesting was the the dynamic there between um different cultures like so on the west coast it's very it's very segregated like white communities are white communities, black communities are black communities, Asian communities are Asian communities, and and Mexican c- communities are Mexican communities, whatever. And it seems like in, in Atlanta, the different uh, races and cultures are almost forced to intermingle, and there's no sort of delineation between them. Um, and I found that to be very interesting. And almost comforting like there was a there was a comfortableness that was different than I than I noticed being here in Southern California you know living in predominantly white neighborhoods so I I really enjoyed that that facet and getting to see how how people interact was was really interesting to me and anytime I can go back to Atlanta I'm going to I I had a great time Uh, both times I went I went in February, and I just got back. I went to um, UFC 145, and I went to the Joe Rogan taping at uh, at the Tabernacle. Um, big thanks to Joe for for taking me out there. It's really an amazing trip. Uh, UFC was crazy. Uh, I, I want to have some. I want to have some people from my gym on. I'm going to talk about jujitsu. I want to do like a jujitsu episode and be cool to do a fight episode. I know um, the guys from the Wisest. I'm going, to, I'm going to try to get the guys from the Wisest Wizards podcast, which, if also, if you haven't heard uh, any of the podcasts I've been on lately, you should go check out um, the Wisest Wizards podcast on iTunes. They're on a. It's like a death squad situation. They're on the stallion radio network if you look that shit up um you can find it you can find it on my facebook too uh what else uh i was also on an episode of the ice house chronicles um that the that uh joe and red band do at um the ice house comedy show uh that was episode 25 i was on that jammer um you can go check that out so if you've been missing hearing my voice for some bizarre reason You can um, find that stuff, too. But uh, there's going to be plenty more coming up here soon. So, obviously, make sure you go check out MikeMaxwellArt.com. Click on the blog, and you can get all the information about everybody uh, who's been on the show. Or, actually, check that. I haven't made the blog yet. So, if you go to MikeMaxwellArt.com, click on the podcast. You can see all the people who have been on the show. See the topics that we talked about. Over there, you can um, subscribe by clicking on the iTunes link, I think it takes you to iTunes, and then click on the subscribe button. Do that because it, it helps the iTunes numbers. And for some reason, being higher in the charts seems important for some materialistic reasons. Um, you can also rate and comment on the show there if you're feeling it. Do that. Um, even if you got a criticism, I'll take it. I'll it'll be harsh, and I'll probably attack you, but. Uh, Go ahead and do that anyway. It'll make me. It'll make me better. Mm, what else? Also on the on the website, there you can donate to the show if you're so inclined to do so. Um, I do this show all on my own in what very little spare time I have. It takes a lot of time to do these things. So if you want to um, show your appreciation and donate to the podcast, you you could do that Throw throw a nickel or a dime spot at me. Um, it would be greatly appreciated. If you can't do it, uh, that's fine too. The podcast is always free and available to you. If there's any sponsors out there that want to throw some dough my way and not try to dictate what happens in the show, uh, besides how many times we say your name or something, yeah, I'm more than willing to take on new sponsors. Blaine was kind enough to come on the show, and we did a little Skype call uh, I was on my computer, and he did his Skype from his phone, which I think is the first time we've done a, a Skype interview via the phone. Uh, we talk about Skype privacy. Coincidentally, uh, Joshy Clay, the Northwest resourcefulness, living with the Earth, the undiscovered lubricated engines, the, the business of creativity, publishing art books, finding balance. Andrew Hem, furniture design, gardening, and the old wives' tale. So. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Mr. Blaine Fontana. Alright, got that, got that. Let's do this. Yeah, that's better. Alright, let's give Blaine a call. What's up, brother?
1: Hey, Mr. Maxwell.
0: Hey, Blaine. How are you?
1: I'm great. Couldn't be better.
0: Do you have a video set up?
1: I don't have... Well, no, not my phone, but I can see you.
0: Oh, you're on your phone?
1: Yeah, I'm on my phone, yeah. No, I'm not on my studio, so, how do, but how I, do, I can see you.
0: How does the Skype phone work? Pretty. good How does it work on your phone? Pretty Pretty good?
1: Pretty well, yeah. I just. But I'm on a 3GS, so I don't have... I can do the video conferencing.
0: Oh, nice. Well, for people who are... Do you have headphones, too? Yeah I do. Okay, cool. Um, do I so, sound alright? Yeah, yeah, you sound good. the The headphones are mostly so that I don't hear myself come back through, which it happens with Skype sometimes, you know. Sure. But for the people who can't see, obviously nobody can see. Um, there's a cool graphic. Do you know that you have a little icon that pops up as your as your what your face is?
1: Yeah, it's, it's it should be the uh, this, the uh, the eight millimeter camera. Yeah, right? with the with the okay. eye.
0: It, it's cool i I assume that the there's a piece on the side that looks like a crank, you know, like a film crank, but it looks like an eyeball kind of oh, weird, yeah, sort of like uh, uh, okay <laughs> like all seeing eye on the side of the camera, okay, which is all really right. appropriate for Skype, seemingly,
1: yeah, sure, so sure, sure. We'll just we'll go with that, <laughs> not not my first choice, but yeah, especially we'll, we'll, we'll since to ride. <laughs>
0: since skype's now hooked up to facebook which is really interesting like some of the privacy issues i was thinking about today because i just i i got somebody just signed up on it uh michael page for the podcast tomorrow Uh and i'm like "Ah, it's kind of weird man it seems like skype could just turn on your your camera whenever they want you know yeah
1: yeah that's why usually i have my you know my i have my eyesight camera at the studio actually unplugged and turned away to the lord towards the wall so just in that kind of freakish paranoia that someone, you know, hacks my system and starts looking around my studio. Yeah,
0: yeah. how creepy, yeah. right? It's such <laughs> yeah, a weird yeah. world.
1: I do private things occasionally. We don't need to go into that. But yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, here, let's tell your whole wide world story to the uh, to the interwebs. You know? Right. But anyway, thanks for taking the time to shoot the shit with me, man. I appreciate it.
1: No, it's my pleasure.
0: Yeah, we we've been trying to link it up for a little bit. It's it's so hard to get artist schedules together at the same time.
1: Yeah, actually, I'd almost say it's almost a year to the date.
0: That seems. That sounds about right. That's Pretty usually course. about as long as it, like I'll I'll throw invites out, and we'll talk about it. And just you know, it's like things align at the right moments. Typically, right, right, sure. No, no it was great
1: when yeah, when you hit me up, I was actually in. Uh, oh, out in uh, what's it called uh, Valley Center. It's like the hills of Escondido up in the mountain kind of desert area there. And that's when I was uh, hip to your the podcast that you were doing. And it was great because, uh, you know, I just finished that uh, solo show. Um, actually, you know what? It's been two years. <laughs> really? Um,
0: no, I haven't been doing it that long. It can't be.
1: Oh, really? Okay. Well, my bad. but. Anyway, so it was great that, like, I wasn't doing anything. I was out I'm, out, I'm out of this gorgeous, you know, new, you know, new modern home with a, you know, retention pool, like, out in the whole valley in the desert, and so I just sat there and kind of listened to a lot of your earlier podcasts, so, yeah, it was great, so I got really hyped, and it's cool when you came back around, I just, I listened a couple more, I actually listened to Josh, Joshua Cross's a couple of days ago, so, oh, no, sorry, Joshua Clay's.
0: Oh, nice, but, yeah, you know, so. That's my boy, yeah, you guys, you guys worked together for a while, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah, he was um, he was a phenomenal Padawan for a year. You know, <laughs> definitely, yeah, one of one of the best. So,
0: <clears throat> yeah, I love um, Joshi. Yeah. He, uh, I like, I like to break his balls as much as I love him. Oh, <laughs> well, he's a
1: sassy little shit, man. <laughs> he's just, he's opinionated, and uh, yeah, you know, it's it's uh, it's interesting that it's right it's rad to have him here in town for sure. And um, I enjoyed, yeah, hearing. It was really nice to hear the. Um, more of the uh, kind of esoteric version or the, the you know, kind of uh, the, uh, the understory of, of his involvement with um, the Occupy movement. That was really cool to kind of hear really a firsthand account of what was going on. Um, and it was, yeah, so it was informative. But.
0: That's what's fun about doing yeah. these things is you kind of pick up these weird things that you would never really know about artists or, or you know, different people.
1: Sure. Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, let's jump back and, and get some of your story. Uh, did you grow up on the West Coast out here?
1: Yes, I did. Uh, yeah, I grew up on Bainbridge Island, Washington. It's a, uh, an island just uh, west of Seattle, about a 30-minute ferry ride. And uh, it's you know I think there's probably about 30,000 people on the island now. When I was there, it was probably about a third of that. It was very quiet living. And uh, it was yeah, it was an incredible upbringing, actually.
0: Is it like um, a like a fishing community? When you say no, island, no. like, <laughs> you know, it brings up like Gilligan's Island type ideas. Like you can jump, you know, it brings up weird connotations.
1: Oh no, I get that all the time. You grew up on an island. What did you do? Did you have did you have power? You know, did you you know did you do do you make your own soap? I mean, yeah, it's this mentality. It's 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 interesting. But no, no, it's just you can you know consider it a very. um, Oh well, now it is, but um, just I mean a very you know established you know rural community, um, you know with a bridge to uh, the Olympic Peninsula at the very north tip of the island. You know it's it's probably about sixteen miles north to south and about four or five miles wide.
0: I've been wanting to visit that that area. I've yet to to move northward beyond. I think I've I've been to Portland. This is about as far north as I've as I've got in my travels. Oh, cool.
1: All right. Well, if you do, you need. Yeah, it's imperative that you you check out the San Juan Islands, San Juan or Canadian Islands, and it's. Uh, yeah, if you ever do, and I don't know if you're, you know, you're into biking, that's that's the way to do the islands. And um, you know, I did that actually, like around uh, when I was about, jeez, I think fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, but fifteen, I toured the entire Canadian Islands on my bike with a bunch of other people uh, for about a month. That's um, rad. It's phenomenal. And then yeah, growing up too, it's. We uh, every summer uh, we would uh, we'd all hop on our boats and uh, for about a good month we would just travel through the San Juan and Canadian Islands and, and uh, nearly be able to just live off off of our crab pots and the fishing for the entire time and we only kind of seemed like we only in my my memory I'm remembering as a youth here because these things are always embellishing to get older. I only remember going and doing it like a little, sh- kind of a little shore leave occasionally to get canned food or milk and stuff like that or cereal. But most of the time, yeah, we were, we were just, yeah, um, just eating fish and crab and just yeah, just like living a great, great little family vacation. We just moor the boats every night and swim in the water up there, which in the summertime it's an, it's it's amazing because it just sits there and it just cooks like like its own kind of natural pool. So the water is just as warm as a pool and. You know, like the the landscape changes daily with the tides, you know, where the Canadian Islands, there might be, you know, 180 islands at low tide, but there might be only, I think, like 70 during high tide.
0: It's amazing how much joy there is in that, right? Like, it's like we're supposed to do that every day, not just go and do that once a, you know, a week for once, once a week during an entire year or whatever.
1: Right, right. No, I think, yeah, no, I mean, traveling and and understanding, I mean, even just the, the, you know, the craft, of of fishing, um, understanding resourcefulness are, are things that, I, I mean, for, for me and you know my wife and you know how how we try to live are so important. The resourcefulness is is something that is just is been so so key in my life, and understanding where these resources come from and you know albeit materials or food, for that matter, um, have become have become a you know cornerstone now in kind of how my career has become and also you know in in our lives. So, and I think this is probably, you know, this is, these are these subconscious things that come back up, you know, had I not maybe had that as a youth, like, I maybe wouldn't, I wouldn't be, it wouldn't be such a, uh, you know, like, such an intentful thing to, you know, implement my life right now.
0: Was there a, um, like, an aboriginal culture, like a, like a, you know, a a people who had lived in these islands before, like, I I would assume there's a, like, a native?
1: Yeah, yeah, there's, there's three main tribes, it's the, uh, the Tlingits, the Haidas and um, I, I, I might I might get this wrong the Shimshinians, or Shishinians I think um, th- that, the, the last one is are one's you don't really you know you don't often hear about but in most textbooks yeah you'll read about the Haidas and the Tlingits.
0: Would these are these the type of people that were doing uh, like totem poles and those sorts of things?
1: Of course, yeah. Yeah, what the incredible like, you know, graphic canon they have. You know, the, you know, that teal blue and the red and the black you know, and yeah. the amazing patterns that you see on tattoos these days now and um, the totems, the longhouses, um, it's, yeah, it's incredible and you know, you kind you, of, you, you, you know, you, you, know, you want to compare, you know, a bunch of, um, you compare some of the, the um, you know, the people as they're called, um, comparing them to a lot of their tribes since the, there was such an amazing abundance of food and resources. In these communities and these societies, these tribes, that they had all this free time to 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 kind of pursue intellectualism and to pursue societal changes or 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 kind of higher standards of society and and understanding of hierarchy, you know. And and one thing I've always took from from these from this culture from this that that region, as far as their system of wealth, that I found incredibly profound. And if, if we live by this in the way that their wealth was considered on how much you gave rather than how much you hoarded or kept. So you can imagine, you know, the people of power are the ones that, you know, are, are the ones who are are the philanthropists who are the the ones who are making society better, who are contributing and making things better for all.
0: That's that's an interesting point if you look at the flip side of that coin, too. like uh, People in third world countries where food is not plentiful, where Mm. time is spent either conserving your energy by just sitting still for as long as you can or, you know... Scrounging for what little food is available. There isn't that time to sit down and think and and evolve as a as a culture, right? Not yeah. Maybe evolve yeah. isn't the right the right word to use there, but be able to advance the culture maybe is a better usage of a word
1: to advance it. Yeah. Well, and I, unfortunately, you know this. You know at this time, this is when you know like there was parts of the world that were still in complete harmonious balance with the planet, where people were living with it, not on it. And, you know, those days are, you know, are very numbered. You know, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's fascinating to still, you know, read about, um, you know, tribes and cultures that have actually never been discovered. You know, I think I uh, was the most recent one, like some plane went over, you know, down in you know, South America. And like there was a tribe that was discovered that had never been heard or, 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 or just, you know discovered
0: i think that so, one was a yeah. hoax but i i get what was you're it saying really is that, yeah is that what
1: came of that okay
0: i think so i think that one became was well, ended up being a hoax but
1: it was a hopeful hoax then though it was, it was
0: <laughs> but even it, then you know those a lot of these tribes weren't like in the amazon and weren't found that long ago whether it's brand new or you know 50 years it's still interesting to have avoided the rest of modern culture for that long
1: yeah Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, yeah, like I said, it was, it it felt, it just kind of felt hopeful that there was something, there was something still almost pure and, um, you know, undiscovered.
0: So you mentioned, uh, using these types of ideas in your work. Um, we should mention you're a a painter, an artist, uh, you do art direction and design. Um, what, what sort of led you into a creative pathway do you feel like early environments played any sort of part in that, or any people that sort of led you down a pathway like that?
1: I, yeah, I mean, I definitely say it'd probably be an amalgam of things. You know, it, you know, my upbringing with um, my mom being creative in the in the you know in the very essence of that word, and not really having um, being shoeboxed into like one thing she does. She, you know, she's just every year she's doing some something completely different if it's doing collage or painting or jewelry or gardening, um, sculpting, um, and, you know, but my brother, uh, who's an architect and painter and designer and sculptor as well. And, um, the, so having that, you know, that environment and then, you know, with the addition of you know, going through the whole graffiti world for a good, like eight years and then college and, Coming out of college and kind of taking this kind of more like Bauhaus approach to creativity as far as, you know, like with a solution, an idea is something that is best made for um, what that idea was intended for. To farm that idea and to to solve it for for that idea rather than to try to put it into something that fits what you doing it fits your genre instead. Um, And it was, you know, as time kind of went on it was something about being exposed to more design, being exposed to woodworking again, like moving back to Bainbridge Island, being exposed to wood and being with my brother again, um, to having this this, this range of um, you know of ideas and uh, process just became more and more of an influence on my work. And you know, for you know, for for a good, you know, many so years like I was always doing this. It it just it was a thing where I just kind of kept quiet. Where I just I had I had this commercial side of of my career that was was just private, and uh, it was it was very explorative, at the same time, um, and it wasn't you know until a couple of years ago I felt confident and comfortable to to finally kind of put this work out there, and once I did it just it kind of just like snowballed into an avalanche, and uh, it's uh, it's really it's really now kind of fitting uh, my you know, pursue an understanding of what a creative should really be, um, as far as you know, in the in the in the successful kind of term, in the sense of to to always be thinking outside the box, to not um, to not you know corner oneself into either like a, an expected career of a certain painting you do your entire life or a certain design style. Um, I just. I I'm I'm, 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 you know I'm I'm I'm, my happiest when I'm actually you know might be struggling with a painting but will be rocking some other design work I'm doing, or woodworking or you know furniture and I can take elements of some of the 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 accomplishments of, of you know milestones of like working through a complicated idea with like that other piece and then bring something from that into where I was struggling maybe with the painting. And so it becomes this great little lubricated engine that kind of is all talking, talking to itself to help, you know, inspire one, one area to the other.
0: Yeah, that's good. I mean, it's, it's, I was just thinking that same thing today, like just in terms of artists who get sort of stuck in, stuck into doing one particular style for a long time or doing just painting for a really long time. Like it's gotta, it's gotta get kind of boring. But then at the same time, it makes some business sense as a survivalist, as an artist too, you know.
1: Yeah, I, I could agree with half of that. I I would say, in the survival sense, then yeah, sure. But I when I see you know like, you know, and I mean I could list a ton of artists. They're no, just we don't doing have the to same think. thing. Same thing their entire life. Like I'm now just like even the brilliant painters, you know, or. That like man, doesn't that isn't that bugging you? Like I would just I would go mad. It would not feel it would not feel crazy anymore. It would not it would this is it would start feeling like a job. And none of us none of us went out and you know to start doing this to really have a job. You know that cliche expression of you know if, you know you do what you love. You never have to work a day in your life. Well, to me when I see the same thing, you know you know slightly you know maybe remixed or tweaked or we'll change the color palette here maybe whoa. It's like, don't, isn't that feeling like work now to you?
0: Yeah, it's terrible. That's my opinion. Even sometimes some like commercial work that may be doing the same processes that I go through in making my own paintings. When it's, yeah. when it turns into feeling like a job, even though it's, it's just as much fun to create, it has a little different essence. Mm.
1: Ah, well, I don't see, for me, in my opinion, I don't see much difference between painting, um your work for uh, a show that's your client you're doing work that some your your audience your collectors that gallery is expecting to do yeah you're right what's the difference between doing that for some art director or director or agency or packaging design or or licensing it's the same thing especially if, especially if they've asked you oh we want that mike maxwell kind of you know look
0: right yeah sure
1: i it's a fit a very very thin short thin line and short fence between those two
0: yeah no so, doubt and uh, i think uh and i think it's okay to jump both sides because there's there's no doubt about when i'm making art that there's there's a very selfish aspect to it where i'm making it for me first which are, i'm we all do i'm sure but at the same time you're right there is an aspect of well i'm doing this for a living i need to sell this uh, there's a particular look that I'm that people are familiar with that maybe I'm going to lean towards Mm -hmm. like and that actually I'll just be honest right now like I'll sometimes look at pieces that have sold and try to see if there's some sort of connection between all of them like put a, a group together and see if there's something that sort of like spider webs them together that would make uh this puzzle of how to sell art very easily you know come to light and there isn't one it doesn't make sense at all you know i could you could mix all the the pieces up together and I, the puzzle would still be the same you know yeah like well,
1: it, and it's totally incomplete and it never works i've done the same thing like the pieces that i think that are always most sellable most marked or viable or the most one might maybe get the most pressed never turn out to be that way and uh, so i, I kind of gave up on that as far as to figure out that perfect formula um and it's just, and honestly, it's, not, it's actually, that's really kind of—it's a—it's a subdued kind of defeatist approach to, to making art. You just you need to just to make the art for the purity of doing it, you know. And if you're doing it to try to just be some successful no, you know, artist with notoriety, you're doing the wrong purpose.
0: No, of course, yeah, you know, it's skewed. Again, that's that there's that fine line where there's this idea where as artists, there is this level of purity that you're supposed to be um, this uh, sort of pure creative being where on the other side of that line, you may make some other judgments in in business as a way to to gain more income or to to raise your level of business status amongst your community or whatever.
1: Oh, oh, for sure, and you know, like, you know, there's no shame in what I do. As far as you know, it's how I, you know, I with my studio and the 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 intense um, conversations and meetings I have with my wife, who you know, my creative partner and the studio manager. We are we are thinking in 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 intense um, detail about every little kind of angle and you know how to word things these are all important, you know, if, and if you do, yeah, if you, I mean, that's, this, the fact of the matter is you're, you are selling yourself and you are trying to sell a product it, you know, and that's hands down, that's all it is. Um, there's, there's an artful way of doing it. There's nothing really, um, nefarious about, of, you know, marketing yourself. There's just, there's, there's a, there's, there's no wrong or right way. There's just a better way to do it. And, um, We've just our, our our approach has just been it's it's been approachable, it's been tra- very transparent, um and very hands-on at this you know, at the same time. You and know, that... with, like just direct connection with people. Like that's for me, man, like when I get those emails and um little Tweets or Facebook little things about you know like saving someone's life, like someone who decided was gonna actually commit suicide, you know, one morning and happened to actually be this was years ago. Was was planning on committing suicide that afternoon, but happened to just like crawl into the upper playground store just when my book was released, the, my first book, and she saw the book and she found humanity again. I mean, wow. things like that are 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 so impactful and and make. As hard as it is to be an artist, it's, it's fucking hard work, man. I mean, you know, and anyone who thinks otherwise, like, oh, you just get the paint and do whatever you want. Like, especially when I talk to my all my full time, you know, 99 percent friends, you know, who work like everyone else does. Like, no, you know, you got to understand, like, you know, you just you see you just see that that painted that painted shell. It's, um, you know, all all the grit and grease is, is the shit you never see.
0: Yeah, and that that's sort of the beauty of it too, right? Right.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, Max, I want to actually yeah, Oh, sorry, Mike. I want to go back to uh, you know, we were talking about, you know, painters doing the same thing or you know, having that comfortable and, you know, very marketable, you know, um, you know, work. There is something to say also about mastering something. Sure. You know, and that, you know, and there's that in in, in this in, in one way. I mean, it's a very black and white. It's a very it's a it's a you know, it's a coin. It's just like for me, I just decided to go with just exploring everything I can to learn to just enrich myself as much as I can with other. With the the this you know the amount of time I can realistically to just learn other things and to be the, and to again you know be you know self, you know to be self resourceful to learn these things on my own and 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 so yeah there's so there's something to say on the negative side of that um, I think is that I'm not mastering one thing I guess.
0: Yeah, I so. think what it comes down to, and even with doing design for money or, you know, trying to make a living doing these things, as long as there's the right intention, you know, if if you if the aim is to get famous and rich, then you're probably not going to do those things. If, no. if you if you have a plan of living a, a fruitful life and doing what it is that you want to do, then maybe you're going to be more likely to do that. Right. You know?
1: Yeah. Living within means having a fruitful life. You know, having just these these, these having a, the simple things in your life, you know, can be very fruitful. And and that's just you know, if your bills are paid. Get to travel, um, expand, you know, ex- expand, you know, expand your um, your consciousness with traveling and and books, and just afford the time to do that, and afford the trips, and to enrich other people's lives with you know, like with philanthropy or cause related work. These, these things are, yeah, these are very simple things. That that can make someone, you know, to have to have an incredible life with with you know with barely making any money. So and you know it's I'm not like I'm 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 sitting on Benji's right now at all. So. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's a, I sometimes it's it's easier to live below the poverty level than it is to live above. It doesn't it doesn't seem logical to say that sentence out loud because the 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 reality is is that if you could pay your bills and have enough food to feed your family, then you're living with a a, a sort of level of freedom that really is not available to everybody in this world. And we don't really realize that all the time. No, not at
1: all. I don't know yeah I mean I'm you know I'm, I'm looking out on you know where I'm sitting on my front porch I'm looking around and like you know we could the real estate you know like this could definitely house some people here it's so a little bit more and you know, I'm 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 neighbors to one of the those those monstrosity of like houses when they take like one lot and make two, into <laughs> the same. And I don't I don't know it's uh, for me as a designer that's just it it's 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 just atrocious. And you're in, in the you're, architecture sense.
0: <laughs> you're in Portland now, right? Yeah, yeah. At some point, you you were down here in California before. At some point, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I I moved from Portland down there to attend otis oh, okay. uh to, yeah just attend our school and my my original plan was just to after school to get the fuck out and move back up north back up to northwest and but yeah i found long beach my second year in there and just fell in love with it fell in love with long beach and, and managed to stay down there 10 years
0: and then once you got up to portland did, where are you you're doing design and and painting and everything all at the same time yeah, doing
1: design work. The uh, yeah, just a lot of my design work. The a lot of the core of it seems to be you know is is the art directing books for the Zero Push Publishing. And now you got uh, two, br-
0: yeah, two but, new books coming out, right? I'm sorry, say that again. You have two new books that are coming out recently that you just art directed, right? I, I yeah, think...
1: yeah, actually, yeah. The, the two of the, they're both actually going to the printer on Friday.
0: Um, Can we talk about those? Are we allowed to? Yeah, sure. Yeah, Top actually, secret? yeah.
1: The, it's uh, one is Tooth, which has been in the works way too long, but we're happy to have it finally done.
0: I painted with him in uh, in Miami this last Art Basel. I do How was that? Uh, it was amazing, man. I had a great time. Right on. I, I don't even right. know, I don't know if we were introduced then, but uh, we we painted on the same wall at least.
1: Well, you had the same relationship with him as I as, as did I with this design of this book. We actually never. Managed to never talk for some reason. <laughs> should, yeah, it, it's it's so I don't know. David just, I guess it was his is you know he, he decided just to kind of just you know focus just with Kirk the public Kirk Peterson the publisher just to kind of have that relationship because they already they had already established relationships. So I was just I was just the design monkey in the background. So and and, and happy. Yeah. Yes, right. So nevertheless, yeah, that one just went on a bit long because, you know, there was, it just, it, it had, we after like, I thought it was designed, it just had to marinate a little bit longer and we just needed more images. And now the book looks, it looks, it looks great. It's, it's now sellable. It's, um, it's engaging. Um, and so it's, and, and uh, like the previous, like previous books, um, where there's always going to be a, uh, a special design to kind of, or special um, uh, like production element
0: in the that's, book. That's so. what I wanted to ask. Do you take, like, with all these different things that you do with painting and woodworking and uh, like publishing and, and- even like the design in publishing, do you, do, you get some, do, you ha, do you get some of the same mindsets in sort of like the puzzles that you have to figure out? Do you sort of attack it the same way that you would a painting do you, or do you find with, with the different mediums that I, I would assume that an aesthetic arises within all of them, but do you find the same sort of um, problems and rewards amongst all those things?
1: Oh, yeah, no, Exactly. It's, you know, it's fundamentally, it's about thinking about 10, 15 steps ahead in a, uh, in a, in, in a piece um, to always, at the same time, to always kind of let things, you know, be in, intuitive, um, to let serendipity happen, um, and to, you know, to learn to walk away from a project and come back to it, to see something different. It's, it's I, you know, everything, yeah, with all the different work I do, it's, I, I approach it the same way. And um, it's again, it's the reward of, of discovering something new along the way you like, you know, you, you, you didn't anticipate and um, to see the, you know, the amazing result at the end as far as what was accomplished. And, you know, but like like everything, it's 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 not it's not really for me to get to the point B. It's the journey,
0: you know, Are as you, everything
1: with traveling, you know, the best, you know, this, you know, you, the best journey is the best part of your journey is coming back home. It sounded like again.
0: Sorry to interrupt you. It sounded like you were being chased by the alien there for a second. Did you? Did no, head... Really?
1: <laughs> yeah. Was it? Was it? A, was it the
0: wind? It maybe it sounded really creepy like a weird banshee or like the alien creature. Oh, funny. It was like okay. it was sneaking up behind like if if the video was working, I swear I would have seen the alien creature sneaking up behind you. After <laughs> <out laughs> nice. attack. Hopefully it'd
1: be the new Prometheus creature, whatever <laughs> we're going to
0: see soon. Yeah. Right? What uh so within all these things, do you have some some favorite types of materials or is there one or the other that's been more entertaining for you lately?
1: Oh, oh no! I you love them equally. I, favoritism is not in, <laughs> yeah, in in my ethos and vernacular, man. Yeah, so
0: um, I find I find myself that I find myself in in waves of different things.
1: Yeah, that for sure I can So I th- I mean, problem, I you know you're asking me you know this question at a very interesting time because I just finished you know this this show my first solo here in Portland that involved everything, that involved design, installation, furniture, sculpture, woodworking, you know, and even music. Um, so oh, I, nice. I'm now kind of like, I just need to, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to find my, uh, my ground, um, even since April 5th. So, uh, Has... but as of right now, I mean, I'm really kind of, um, <clears throat> I'm really kind of geeking out on just actually this, the, um, the special, um, treatments, these, you know, either die cuts or the spot varnishing or the, you know, this, the, you know, when when you start designing books, like you, you get into the architecture of, of the book and how it's act and and the rules of the book and, and knowing when to break them or, or change them. And, um, geeking out on that right now has been a really fun, um, A fun path with uh, the publisher, you know, and in, in the sense that you know, we, him and I have just kind of made this mind meld as far as what we can do with with these projects, you know. And for instance, the um, the other book that you know that was also going to print the printer on Friday is the Andrew Hem book,
0: That's which
1: right. I I think is you know as far as a lot of the, you know, this this will be my fifth book with him. That this one is is going to be a treat, a real real treat. And um, I mean, this one was very laborious um scrutinized just you know to the millimeter of details and color and but we're going to have this gorgeous gateful design and the the clamshell it's it's going to be it's going to be smoking
0: andrew ham yeah. is an amazing artist I, i've been trying to get him on the show for a while we just worked on a project that is not really art involved but uh just recently nice um yeah. i'm gonna work to get him on it is uh <sighs> What was the website? Is there a place where people can go to find these books? You said this yeah. is your fourth and fifth book you had mentioned, so I assume there's a first, second, and third. Yeah, the, uh,
1: yeah, it's zeropluspublishing.com.
0: And people can order books over there?
1: Yeah, you can order from there, and um, what we are carefully doing at the same time, like, the only, like... Um, As far as, you know, besides there, they're they're occasionally available on on Amazon. Um, They will now actually be available all over the world thanks to the grace of Ginkgo Publishing, who just bought most of all, I mean, a bunch of units of the books. So those will be in museums around the world now.
0: Nice.
1: Um, But most of it, man, they're they're usually, you know, if you're just kind of, for storefronts, we're only placing them in uh, kind of mom-and-pop specialty art design bookstores
0: as because
1: like every book we do is like we do not make more than a thousand they're limited edition they're done and then that's it
0: so don't lag is what you're saying
1: <sighs> what's that
0: so don't lag is what don't you're saying?
1: lag yeah don't lag yeah especially i actually especially on the hem book because i was just informed you know it, today by kirk that every time andrew's done a little teaser or post about this through his his you know, social networking it just it gets gobbled up, you know, with like a hundred posts and comments and and everything. So I we anticipate the handbook to really, yeah, probably go quick.
0: Nice. Well, it seems like this sort of idea of publishing is is pretty similar to the idea of making useful art. Like it's, it seems sometimes like as as a painter, that you know, when you make just a painting that sits on the wall, it does. It's only mentally useful. I see that you're making. Uh, I I'm assuming furniture items in some mm-hmm. of the sculpture work that was in the Hellion show. That there was there was a table, right?
1: Yes, there was. And you know these this, these these pieces are sculptural in, in, in every kind of sense. You know, in the sense you know where you know some, some designers, even though I don't, I'm I'm not going to really advocate for a lot of the designs Kareem Rashid does, but you know, his furniture you know designs they're very sculptural they're almost, like, meant to be looked at. They're almost, I mean, they do feel very clinical, um, sterile, and, and very unapproachable. Uh, the work, you know, for instance, you know, the, the furniture pieces I just, you know, presented at the Hellion show were, you know, all reclaimed upcycled wood. Most of it was all western red cedar. You know, then the the kind of the feature piece was this, uh, three, you know, about three and a half foot by five foot wide, you um, Low-profile coffee table that was all glued, all you know, kind of slatted, ripped, and plain wood that was the you know the shape of the, the silhouette of Oregon. Oh, nice. So, so every little piece, you know. Then there was the ampersand chair, you know, which I think as far as technical abilities it was definitely that Oregon table because there was it was just all just you know glue and pegwork and and just chisel work so no hardware the ampersand chair though man really really did like parts some people's you know par some wigs
0: yeah nice
1: and it's you know surprisingly it's actually very comfortable too it's very posturpedic. So is, is that important
0: yeah. for you then the 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 usefulness of the of these objects as well as their aesthetics?
1: It's essential. It's it's essential, and it's again, it's you know what I mentioned earlier about just kind of the brand of, of how usually my wife and I think with our our studio and what we create is is about approachability. You know, if in a the very simple way, it's just it's, it's kind of the. Uh, common man's art I mean it's approachable like this is this is for everybody
0: which is seemingly the opposite of the typical snotty art world like the stereotypical you know
1: oh totally well yeah I mean I, the first word that comes to mind as far as how what I do is defenestration I mean I just take all con- kind of like the conventional thinking and things that are almost I mean probably even self-destructive just throw it out the fucking window you know like it, it, these these things, I you know, I don't do them. I I do them with like I mean, understanding that and the you know. But it, this is about risk. That's fun. The challenge, risk taking. That's where that's the sweet spot for me.
0: Do you so. do you sort of carry that on in your everyday life beyond the creative aspects of it as well? Actually, no. When,
1: <laughs> when, I, when I clock off, besides you know, probably besides, you know, maybe drinking too much and oh, just I work hard, I play hard and uh but no, usually well yeah when when you know i'm a, you know i'm in, I'm a nine to fiver you know, and you know maybe half day is a Saturday during a regular kind of when things are normal um but after that, yeah, after working, like things are very very balanced for me, you know my my love of gardening um
0: that's you know. i saw I saw you posting and i'm i'm I've been missing out like i I just moved to an apartment from a house, so i my gardening access is is zilch and i saw you were doing something like 50 50 different types of tomatoes this year.
1: no not, <laughs> no no we're gonna have like about probably about 40 different like you know food varieties
0: oh i thought you were doing 40 different varieties of tomatoes just no. <laughs>
1: tomatoes no 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 i don't i i love salsa but not that much
0: which i wasn't it didn't seem it seemed excessive, but not really that alarming. Like, it didn't seem that over the top.
1: Yeah. No, one tomato plant is going to yield, like, enough to make salsa every two weeks.
0: Yeah. That's, <laughs> I figured, you are maybe feeding the neighborhood or something. Yeah.
1: No, well, we'll yeah, with what we have, um, we're going to, well, we'll, we'll have definitely have some extra time, we'll probably do a couple harvest parties, and, you know, we'll, we'll drop off a bunch of goodness to all our neighbors at the, uh, the seed building where our studio's at, so... But, yeah, we're, only, we're not really planning thing. We have some exotic things that we're planning that we, we got from the um, – oh, this place is amazing. The Pataluma Seed Bank. Um, oh, it's, it's called the Seed Bank, but it's in Pataluma. Mm-hmm. And it's, a, uh, it's like a you know, 1905 or so, like just traditional marble bank from that era. But it's now like the biggest seed distributor in the country. And they have, and so kind of what they're about is about battling, because like they're right there at the, you know, kind of under that whole the whole growth belt there in in, in mid California, is try to bat, you know, battle all the um, the engineered seeds, engineered plants, basically Monsanto's, um, and to preserve these heirloom seeds.
0: Yeah, it's and a, so they that's have I think, fight. about
1: ten thousand different kind of different plants in there for seeds.
0: What kind of stuff are you going to grow this season besides the 50 tomatoes?
1: Besides the 40 tomatoes. No, we're going um, Oh, let's see, like we're yeah, we're going to have about four different yeah, tomato varietals. One of them, one of the heirlooms is these uh, purple uh, purple heart beauties or purple russian beauties. Anyway, they give off like a printers like a kind of like a purple glow about them when the sun hits them. They look kind of like romas. Yeah. We got yeah, we got these like uh, Doctor White white cheese yellows. Um, we're doing some uh, Rota carrots um, yeah this
0: carrots take forever
1: that, well see this is my first time growing them
0: is, they're very it's finicky a lot of people don't realize how like when you grow carrots at home and then go to the store and see the carrots that you buy yeah. it's like Frankenstein
1: there you go See, if this this is what this is about establishing you know, more a better appreciation and a more kind of um, wider. Wider understanding and tolerance and yeah, to, to food again. So, because last year, all we did was you know, when we moved into the place, there was already some raised beds, like, boom, we just threw them in there, didn't care about at all about friend or foe organization with plants. We didn't care about like spacing issues, like, okay, this looks good. <laughs> yep. Things grew, but and we and we had amazing cucumbers and tomatoes and pobemos and jalapenos, and it, it was, but it, it, we could have yielded a lot more. And a lot more efficient, in a little more efficient way as far as harvesting these things. So, we, this year, like, we went you know, went to the library, checked out a bunch of books, and really, like, we mapped this thing out. We understand, like, how to, to do revolving crops now. And
0: It seems like to- it's, I don't know why, but it seems like it's an important knowledge to have. Like you were saying, like, just the, having the information of how to feed yourself, like, on the island, being able to fish and gather some yeah. food to be able to survive. It right. seems like it's, it's becoming more important for something like even though we're becoming more and more industrialized and food is super easy to get because it's all just sort of man-made at this point Mm -hmm. uh like it seems like that survival ability is going to be much more valuable than a dollar someday for some for some reason and i almost hope i hope not because it would mean it'd be a really tough survival setup but it seems Uh. like it might
1: I wouldn't mind that tipping point at all. As far as like if gas just got so outlandish, you know, overpriced, and food, which it's you know the next thing, and then what what water's next? Yeah. These things become so overpriced that we have to actually really really start thinking about it, and that might be the tipping point when these things become so out of reach for the middle class. That's what it is. When the middle class, you know, then then we can maybe finally change some things around here, but. Yeah. It's it's you know I mean all, you know humanity is so goddamn complacent and um, but yeah the importance also is I mean it's it's just gonna taste better just I mean that's also just the freaking reward it's gonna taste amazing the difference between the store bought organic and whatnot and local you grow your own thing, man, it's going to taste so much better, you know, and just as a foodie, that's something I, you know, I just appreciate a lot.
0: And there's something in that exchange too, it seems, it seems sort of metaphysical, but it's almost like there's some extra reward in feasting on the, the sweat of your labor, you know, maybe that's, of course, that's not the phrase, but, you know, like putting in that effort and, and reaping the rewards of your own hard work. I think there's a value in that, and I think that's sort of what a lot of artists get that maybe people who just go to work to get a paycheck don't always get to be fulfilled by. Like, it it seems a lot a lot of times when I would work normal like regular jobs, it was like I was working to support somebody else's dream, and yeah. that's, that's obviously a big yeah. jump from gardening. But I mean, it's still some of the same type of ideas. Like if if you're doing something for yourself the fruits are that much sweeter but we're we're almost inclined by the nature of our society to go work for some other face that we don't ever really see mm-hmm. like some mm-hmm. some wizard of oz somewhere
1: right no no exactly yeah. no i don't, i just it's it's about i, I it's just it's it's if people just did a little bit more soul searching i think if you know if it was just a little bit more contemplation a little more I don't know. Just have a little more kind of, you know, grounding and, you know, like just kind of insight and listening to their own voice and to like to really question their, their gut. like, you know, they'll just they realize, like, you know, yeah, shit is fucked up, and we can. There's there's such there's just, there's so many simple things that, you know, one by one, um, you know, day by day with little things like can definitely can, can, we can definitely change the path of um that we're on. And the problem is that so many people have the mentality—it's just that that voter mentality of well, what's one, what's you know, my one vote? How's that? How's that going to count? Well, there's there's twenty other million people who think like that at the same time, and that's why things don't happen. Like, what? Well, what's my voice going to do?
0: Yeah. I like the voice idea because the voting. I don't know what's going on with voting. Voting First, might not be. A we're good not going
1: politics, that. dude. I don't do politics.
0: <laughs> no, no, <in> t- <laughs> I really don't know how much voting does, but I know yeah. that that raising your voice and and letting people know what you think is right and what you think is maybe what you think is is. Uh, just and unjust is is very important, and we're we're a lot of times told to just shut the fuck up and not and not say speak up on those things.
1: Right. Well, and for me, voice is inspiration. That's that's my voice is to inspire is to inspire people's lives. You know whether you know to inspire hopefully other artists or you know to inspire a friend to maybe pick up a hobby, or they they might. You know, joy. So my artwork in a book. Or, See, That's that
0: thing. That's that Islander thing. You're the what well, you we had mentioned at the beginning. Like giving is more important. That giving is more important than receiving. But that same sort of right. idea. It's about sharing the bounty as opposed mm-hmm. to hoarding. Hoarding the goods. Mm-hmm. But our exactly. society teaches the opposite of that, which is yeah. interesting.
1: Yeah, it's sick. It's sick. We are totally. Yeah, we are completely like more you know introverted self-serving mentality and it's 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 really sad
0: but that might be what people are doing i see a lot of this is forming new types of community so like you have a studio set up that's a bunch of artists that are in a in a set of buildings do you want to talk about that a little bit i know you have an open house coming up maybe we could talk about that and we'll get your plugs out there and yeah.
1: Um, the yeah. So our studio is in the uh, charming and, and historical North Coast Seed Building. It's a uh, 1911 building that um, is off the uh, the Union Pacific rail yard and right next to the Willamette River. So the uh, it's and it's full of uh, you know architects, industrial designers, contractors, woodworkers, theater glass workers. Shoe cobblers, photographers, illustrators, painters, designers—you know anything in all of this really thick. Oh, it's too bad. I I, I could have listed, um, um, um oh, bullet uh, what's uh, armor. Um, I'm, I'm going to a brain fart. Uh, yeah, bulletproof vests, uh, body armor. I guess there was actually like a craftsman in there making uh, body armor.
0: That's
1: yeah. creepy. Yeah, out of all, out of uh, it was it was interesting. And when yeah, I didn't really know that until. There was about like a good two dozen uh, DEA and um, ICE and um, you know narc officers that just all pulled up in front of the building. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> what did they? What are, and all the artists, you know, are just you know doing their doing their thing as, as you <laughs> know, <laughs> like oh my god, I hide it quick.
0: That's a oh. they pop they pop hip hop hip hop artists for that shit all the time.
1: Pro, well, I'm sure his market wasn't here in town for that. <laughs> There's not much that's a very niche thing here yeah but um uh, yeah but anyway yeah, no, so it's it's yeah it's, it's great and um uh in our we have two studios there we uh one is where you know painting and design work happen and we share it with uh uh my good friend tatiana wills of the uh famed uh, heroes and villains uh photography project and uh that was one of actually the other books i designed first for oh, uh, the. Cool. For zero plus, plus. and so so we basically it's a painting, and then occasionally we it's it's designed so we can move things around because everything's modular in there to be also a photo studio at the same time.
0: Nice.
1: And then the uh, down the hallway on the same floor, um, I have uh, another yeah a great generously sized like you know, wood shop and studio I share it with AJ Fossick. So,
0: oh, he's out there now.
1: Yeah, yeah, cool. he came out here about a year ago. <clears throat>
0: I wouldn't mind getting him on the show too. I think I've sent an invite, but I don't think I got any response. Amazing artist.
1: Yeah, he's, he's phenomenal. Yeah, he's yeah, he's a bit busy now with just finishing a show for Mexico City. Just bought a house and is just rapidly finishing. He got it was an as is kind of thing, and so he's just trying to finish that. This whole house. You know, last like three months, they have just—I mean, the, all the most kind of insane nightmare projects you can imagine, as far as like creating new bathrooms, yeah. redoing the subfloors, skylights, mudding, everything—and yeah, yeah. and they're trying to get it all done. So they, when they're they're expecting a child next month, like at the end of May, oh,
0: just nice. time. <laughs> those uh, all, a lot of the architecture in in uh, in Portland remind me of his sculptures, actually like the outside I was, I, decor like a lot of them have like the layered like uh sort of fish scale sort of design along the front uh, of them
1: uh, yeah okay i gotcha kind of like yeah the bulky, graphic you know kind yeah. of yeah i yeah, walked down you know, um, the saturated color pattern thing going on with yeah little whimsical drawings i guess yeah, yeah. No, obviously like,
0: they're not mythical beasts coming out of the house but i mean, just the, like the layering of the wood yeah <laughs>
1: Well, no, it was, no, as far as interior design, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the, it's, yeah, you can go to, you know, it'd be pretty, pretty hard not to go to a restaurant or some cafe here without some kind of recycled wood project for a wall or the tables or, yeah. Do
0: you, uh, do you ever eat at, um, Old Wives Tale?
1: Old Wives is not familiar.
0: It's right over, um, the Burnside Bridge, uh, up by where um, there's this little gallery up there, and the little music place. Fuck, I can't remember. On oh, the, oh,
1: the on the east side. Oh, okay, yeah, it's probably right around the Jupiter or like the Doug Is yeah. that the venue you're talking about.
0: Yeah, just I get just I would. I, I'm assuming it's north. If I don't have an ocean right next to me, I don't know which way is which. <laughs> My
1: wife has the same problem. She still doesn't know North, South, East, West here.
0: <laughs> yeah. If I, if I can't find, if I can't smell the ocean somewhere close, I'm, all, I'm discombobulated. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I ate at that place when I was, I, my one and only trip to Portland. And I went back and ate there every time. They have um, this applewood smoked bacon that nice. I've been, everywhere I go that I see it, I'll order it and compare it to the old wives' tale. And not one has come even anywhere close yet.
1: Yeah, that's no, not surprising. The food here is 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 insane. You just you just you just don't open a restaurant and like have like some good food like some good food. It's got to be, you know good food and like a good environment. It just won't. You've got to. It has everything here. has to be phenomenal. Like and every every place that my wife and I have ate at has just has been incredible. I mean, most of the time we're we're, we're always cooking at home because. You know, we're just we we're, you know, we feel we're pretty actually talented cooks, but so it takes <laughs> a lot for us to go out to go enjoy someone else's food, and it it's it's it takes it takes it takes something really special and unique to really to have to great to gain the the foothold um, in this town because people here take their food very fucking seriously. The and it's very competitive.
0: The <laughs> calabacita soup there is out of this world as well.
1: Okay. I'll definitely go check that out. So, Calabacita yeah,
0: soup a... and bacon. Calabasita. Wow. Okay. So, cool, man. Before. I, uh, I want to thank you again for taking the time to shoot the shit with me. Let's, um, let's plug your website and your Twitter and stuff so people can go find you and, and follow you if they're not okay. already. I'm sure right, most of them already will be.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. The website is uh, thefontanastudios.com. Uh, my Twitter username is Blaine Fontana. Uh, Instagram is Blaine Fontana. And I think
0: that's about it. That's hilarious. Yeah. There you go. All right, man. Thanks again. I appreciate it. And uh, I'll put all that stuff on my blog, too, so all the listeners can go find that stuff over there as well. Great. All right. I'm going to do internet. I always do internet dap. I know I can't see you, but I'm just going to assume that you're going to be dapping the, the microphone or the the video. Yeah, all right. Bam. All right, brother. Thank you again. Thank you,
1: Mike. It's a pleasure.
0: Have a good one. All right, later.
1: Here we go, Mr. Carp huh? and Look. Once upon a time in the days of your When the people lived fresh out of legend and folklore There was <laughs> an old popper who followed a vile slang Had a bird perch and one the swashbuck all the same Peck leg Navigate and starboard to port By the nautical story by Illinois is yours? You should tell him where you situate the gold. This, unless you like a vacation with daddy, j- 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 like joke flank behind the shark tank. Maroon the millionaires, consume the souvenirs. And While the shiny spoils pile higher every year, he was suffocating slow in the box of a buccaneer. Tense of his fire on a night like this. Cross desk stole something floats to the boat's west. Swore blue kiss. when he focused in the